Pickaxe. Oh, what's the best game where you get to eat pie? Oh, what's the best game where you play a dead guy? Hey. You'll find out in DG247's podcast. Looks boring. What are you on about? It All of great. their games, they look boring. It doesn't look boring. It looks like it you're an assassin on the Isle of Man. But it doesn't have the kind of... Wow. The steampunk quail-based economy is incredible. Yeah, it's boring. <laughs> <laughs> VG247's Best Games Ever podcast is ostensibly a show about figuring out what the best game in a weirdly specific category is, but it's actually just about petty arguments. You should listen to it. It's good. Is that it? That's the whole promo? Uh, yeah, I was just doing And it. that's supposed to make people subscribe, is it? Yes. Okay, good luck with that. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to The Review of Death, your weekly Doctor Who podcast for all of your Doctor Who news and reviews. I am Matthew Toflo, and I'm joined by Billy Garrett-John. Hello, Billy. Hello, everybody. How are you all doing today? Hope you're doing well, because there's a lot to crack into with last night's story, isn't there? There is. It's chapter five of Flux, the penultimate episode of the latest serial, um, called Survivors of the Flux. Uh other than talking about flux, is there any Doctor Who news this week? Has anything happened? I, I don't think I don't there has think been. So, didn't that Christopher Eccleston Cyberman audio come out? It did. Oh yeah, I've, I've got it here. It came today oh. in, the, in the post. There you go. There you are. If you're watching on the YouTube's, you will see I've got the the box set. I yeah. would love to know how many physical sets they actually sell now, because I feel like as the appeal of big finish has broadened mm. they've obviously probably as a result of that switched to focusing on uh removing the, the monthly range but box sets released digitally yeah so I, I wonder if they're selling those in as high volumes as they were before yeah it is interesting I, yeah i wonder how many they produce and then yeah like you said how many of those actually do get sold in the long run um I don't know. I mean, they, we, they, they do a lot of sales, don't they? <laughs> they do very well out of it. I think, I wonder if the move to digital is to kind of make it more profitable. Probably. In that, you, know, it, you know, so that they're spending less money on the uh, packaging and the production of the physical things. Yeah. Focusing more on the audio. And also, I know this for a fact, they can pretty much just record everything remotely now. And they are now, telling people even if they're comfortable or happy to go back into studios people are still recording from home because yeah. they just prefer to yeah so that's saving a lot of money it's much so, cheaper yeah god is big finish in the green oh my god is it could be Can you imagine and no one's making the big finish lunches anymore so no exactly so that probably saves in some longer um, but i think that was pretty much it kind of news related for the week yeah yeah nothing else has happened i don't think no we had so it all the week we, before. <laughs> we had it all the week. Last week was exciting. This week, we just had new Doctor Who. I say that as if it's bad. It's brilliant. Um, but I think we're probably both safe in our kind of estimations that this is our least favourite of the series so far. Yes, very much so. Yeah, not uh, this. I When I watched it last night, I came away thinking, oh, this is the episode that's taken the wind out of my cells a little. Um, and I rewatched it today at lunchtime and I enjoyed it more, I must say. Um, but again, I still feel like this was an episode where a lot of stuff went on 
but nothing much happened. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I suppose that's the difficulty, really, when, when you front load a TV series with mm. so much, you know, stuff. And, and, you know, a show with the baggage that Doctor Who has. Like, we, you don't go into a new series of Doctor Who just carrying the previous 12 months of adventures. You go back in there carrying the last 58 years' worth yeah. of stories on your back, you know, and it, it surely it isn't the role of every showrunner to go and try and change some of that or to loosen the weights a little bit and kind of free up. But I think it's really interesting that Chris Chibnall has decided to spend six episodes delving into probably the most complex backstory mm. that we have ever had in Doctor Who. And he's going to do it. Maybe, maybe not in six episodes. Yeah. Um, so there kind of had to be an episode like this eventually, you know, where it's just info dump, techno babble. I yeah. kind of feel like it was always coming. It was, yeah, I, I think it was inevitable. And I'm, my concern is, I know we're getting slightly ahead of ourselves, but my concern is next week will be the same. It will be, because I don't feel like for the answers we did get this week, we didn't really get that many. A lot of the stuff, the, the revelations were kind of things we already knew with regards to stuff like the Doctor and Tecteon and all that sort of stuff. There wasn't really anything new there. Um, you know, we knew Tecteon found the Doctor as a kid. We knew there was a wormhole. Yeah. We knew that the, her mind, her memories were wiped eventually. Um, the only thing we really gained from this was that the flux was the Division's way of ending the universe because of the doctor and we'll go into that later on because i still don't really i don't really get that none of that really makes sense a lot of this doesn't make sense to me <laughs> i'm gonna as, as if to further that point i'm gonna have to start making notes of the things i want to come back to because right. you're unlocking <laughs> memories and i'm gonna have to write all these down i, I am like oh, the no, chameleon arch fob watch oh yeah literally yeah um you talk about stuff and i'm gonna write this down because it's starting to start things off okay well let's begin at the beginning which is always a good place to start so we have our recap we don't have a pre-title sequence which is unusual but we are immediately thrown into the story with the weeping angel doctor and she has that nice little sequence with the angels pottering around them having a chat uh that was cool i was quite surprised that she just came out of the angel thing quite so quickly I thought that there was going to be more to that. I was a bit when it was just like, oh, we we've we've changed you into an angel to transport you because we thought it was amusing. So basically, the long and short of it was, why did you turn me into an angel for a laugh? <laughs> I know it's a, it, the the annoying thing is that would be a big pain in the bum. Like if a previous showrunner had done that, and again, this might be the Chibnall apologist to me coming out, but I don't think it is. I think it's because Flux has been so good. Yeah. Um. It doesn't diminish that cliffhanger, you know? No, it doesn't. No, not at all. Like, that's still, like, a crazy, cool yeah. visual, firstly. Yeah, because yeah, otherwise, you could say that about so many cliffhangers in Doctor Who. If you if you take the cliffhangers based on what comes afterwards, you know, you could say that about so many good cliffhangers. Like, oh, well, you know. Like, but I think you're saying it in, the, in that same way, and maybe it's a result of what this story may not deliver on next week, in that kind of as we've mentioned before this series, the Moffaty sort of, oh, that didn't get resolved, did it? So it kind of yeah. 
loses its punch or its sting when yeah. you watch it back. And I guess, yeah, that does kind of tie into the wider thing, which we'll come on to at some point about whether or not we think this is actually going to deliver the goods yeah. after bigging it up for, you know, the last five weeks is week six, the week where we all kind of go, huh? And that was, that was that, wasn't it? Kind yeah. Of this is it. This is my concern. And, you know, I, I feel like I'm going into Sunday's episode, uh, the finale with, I mean, I'm always excited for a new Doctor Who being on. Um, yeah, I had a moment actually on Sunday when the continuity announcer during um, Country File finishing said something like, oh, uh, uh, something, something, taking a spin in the TARDIS. And I had a moment where I was like, my God, we've got people like saying stuff like that on the telly. That was just not, it didn't happen when <laughs> I, I was a kid. I do. Is- I still get like that. I still kind of think when the continuity announcer comes up, I kind of think, are these going to be on compilations on like yeah. the future? You know, yeah. it's going to be weird going back and looking at that stuff. But yeah. you're right. Like seeing a Doctor Who trailer on yeah. BBC daytime television still feels like, what is going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, we get introduced to our Ood. He was good. He was all right, wasn't he? Same old bloke yeah. from before, he, he, the same he actor. Wasn't, yeah, same actor. He wasn't exactly Brian, but that's okay. No. We can live with that. Um, it was, was it was nice to have a nude there, actually. It didn't yeah. feel like it was sort of distracting you from... Because, you know, they are a universal sort of slave-slash-servant race. Yeah. So um, It's like, yeah, it's like um, nice. having a protocol droid in Star Wars, isn't it? You know, that that is the Ood's purpose, um, I'll take I'll take your word for that, because... Star oh, yeah, Wars, sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah. A bit of a grey area. Um, um, now... Shall we talk about Tectoon and the fact that I've obviously lost the bet saying it was the Rani? But um, <laughs> I think Barbara Flynn was fantastic in the story. She was, she was so good. And she I think excellent. Jodie was fantastic in the story. Yeah. And I actually think that Division as like an entity going into this final episode and for the rest of the series, um, I think it's kind of been saved by her performance. Yeah. Because if you had somebody not putting down the guy who played the Black Serpent, but if you had somebody talking about it in an evil way, yeah, it wouldn't have worked. No, but these people are so convinced that what they're doing is right. Of course, they're very amiable and you know very easygoing, like Barbara Flynn's character was. Mm. You know, in that in that same kind of Delgado vein, where yeah. and being very pleasant, you know, refers to Joe as Miss Grant. But if you turn your back on him, he'll break your neck, sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and I totally got that from her character from Tech Tayun. And it's just interesting that that character has morphed from this. And I, I, I think this is another problem to, to, to move on from that again. Um, it's a bit of a scattergun podcast, this one. Well, Sorry, it's going to be like that episode. So uh, I think, you know. yeah, I think you're right. It's just a reflection on what we've seen, you know. Yeah. Um, we've had this kind of mythical Time Lord crop up yeah. in the last year. Tech Tayun's first mentioned, you know, in, in series 12. It kind of doesn't feel like it's, it's the right time to like see Tech Tayun, get the explanation and then kill her off. Yeah. You know, that, that's a big character in the, in looms large in her legend, you know? Yeah. Um, I kind of feel like this episode loses a lot of its punches because it feels like they're pulling the trigger on a story that has massive implications that was only set up a year ago, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think, you know, I'm not I'm not 100% convinced that she's dead. 
because I, I, I don't know. I think that would be such a waste of, you know, Barbara Flynn was so good. You want more of that stuff. And you want the revelations to sort of come from her, really, because if she is the doctor's mother in inverted commas, um, you know, not not proper mother, but mother of sorts, um, you know, yeah, I think I don't think we've seen the last of her, but I agree that you you yeah you feel like there could have been more of a build up to this moment and yeah more of an exploration as of her. But that's that's easy to say, and with with my with my part of that answer, I kind of feel like the response would be, well, do you wait five years, ten years, fifteen well, yeah. years? Which you know you don't yeah. build telly like that really. No. Um, but I, I think just because it, it does appear to have massive consequences for this character's, you know, entire chronology. Yeah. It kind of does feel, I think that's the thing that's making me a little bit like, oh, keep this at arm's length, don't get too invested sort of thing. Because it just feels like an awful lot to take in mm. um, over the course of a year. You know, fine. You know, it wasn't like this stuff is brand new to us. No. But to have all those revelations that, to have it spelled out black and white, this is what division is. And also on top of that, understanding the flux component and the fact that they're between two universes, plus the B plot with the companions yeah. was a lot to sort of like focus on. And I, I'm not sure if I took it all in, but that might be my fault. But Well, th- this is the thing, you know, I've watched it twice and I'm, th- I'm sat here now thinking, right, let's talk about what the flux is and why the flux is and what the flux is, does it all mean? And I've seen it twice and I'm just thinking, I'm still not really 100% sure what any of it means. So the flux <clears throat> was devised by Division. Yes. Because the Doctor, they see the Doctor as a virus that they have let out accidentally. They didn't think that the Doctor was going to go out causing all this trouble being the Doctor. So now they have devised the flux as a means to destroy the universe with the doctor in it. That was the plan. They wanted to get rid of the doctor and destroy the universe and reboot in universe two. What I want to know is why is it taking them this long? Why didn't they see Bill Hartnell go off, start causing trouble and then go, ah, oh, that silly old gits doing that stuff. Let's get rid of him. Maybe if he's that powerful. If they're everywhere. But if you think about it, in terms of the chronology, like this is the closest the doctors obviously ever, ever got to discovering division. Like yeah, yeah, the yeah. doctor wasn't aware of division prior to that. So m- the way that I took the flux was obviously, you know, there's the black and white thing there in front of you, but part of me kind of feels like there might be an aspect to the flux where they're covering their tracks. Right. And it's like, let's get rid of this. Cause we've, you know, like, Oh, I see. And, and the doctor's in it. Cause you know, the, the, the doctor, was going to get killed by the flux, you know? Yeah. yeah. And it was going to be a sort of, you know, the doctor's getting a bit too close to us. I think we need to write this one off. Right. I see and, what you're saying. And set the flux in motion. Okay. And then and that's kind of the way I've taken it. But oh, so it, so you, so you're saying that it's more that, that it's more that they're doing it because the doctor got too close rather than the doctors just being the doctor. Yeah, I, because exactly, because right. then your answer to that would be, why wouldn't they have done it sooner? Now, that that might not actually be the case, what I've said, and what you said in your response, why didn't they do it sooner, might actually be a massive gaping issue. Yeah. I don't know. But I, I just thought that 
through the way that she was communicating it. Maybe it was her affability, you know, being so kind of chill and, yeah. and communicative with the doctor and chatty. But I kind of took it to mean, yeah, like you got a bit too close to the truth. Um, and we can't have that because you'll just, you'll, you know, everybody will then imagine if everybody finds out that we have been meddling in their lives in the yeah. most insignificant of ways, like that would be a big problem, wouldn't it? Of course. So, yeah. um, we have to wipe out this universe and we'll move on to the next one and just start there again. Yeah. Um, okay. But I, I, if it, I can, I can get behind that. That's, that's made me a lot happier. Okay. Well, but that, that might just be like me coloring it that way, but I don't know. Um, well, from now on, that's what I'm going to believe. If that's, if that ends up being better than <laughs> what actually happens, then I can't I'll go with that. And the doctor has obviously been kind of, you, I, I don't dislike it actually, the, the, the division as a concept and the fact that they may have had a massive role in adventures we've had previously completely unseen, yeah. you know, um, that might explain a million and one different things. It might explain where did that one character pop up from that suddenly gave the, this person loads of information mm. about the story. It, you know, it could theoretically fix every plot hole ever you yeah, know? well, this is what I was hoping when she said that, when she said, oh, we're all over the place and we've got agents here, there and everywhere and we interfere and do this. You know, I was expecting her to say, you know, just just purely for the, the fans, just like, oh, you know, we were, you know, how do you think, you know, how do you think uh, Davros knew how to do this to create the dark? Yeah. So how do you think, you know, the Cybermen did think, this? Or, I you know, just little is, things. That's the genius, though, I think of it is unlike Stephen Moffat being patently obvious and going, yeah. Clara is directly responsible for the Doctor deciding to go out there and have adventures or whatever. This is more like the Vision have been there the whole time, but mm. we haven't seen them. Yeah. You know, in much the same way that the idea of the silence is cool, because they could be here, they could be there, but yeah. we don't know. And I think that actually does lend another aspect of mystery, because, you know, we, we've still got this... Uh, I, and I think, again sorry, all over the place. The Doctor's fob watch is going to be part of this too, in this yeah. in this sort of sight unseen, you know, <clears throat> like they're part, they are there and we're going to assume that they're there, but we're not actually reading the text. So yeah. the text doesn't say there's a divis division agent in this scene retro retroactively in Genesis yeah. or whatever. But I kind of feel like, and I, I hope this is what they do, because I, I feel like you could give some people answers to the timeless children and it'd be satisfying and leave it there. What I think would be really cool is the doctor's given the opportunity to look at the fob watch. Obviously, we know that the, the kind of deal was you can have your memories unveiled to you, but we are going to wipe out this cosmos. Yeah. So I kind of feel like the doctor is going to reject that even at the end of the story yeah and so we'll always have that up in the air like you know how many where where are they actually from we'll yeah. see snippets maybe to kind of make us even more intrigued like are we going to get an answer to that house i don't know maybe that yeah. house is just like some crazy visual metaphor yeah that we're not supposed to know the answer for but i wouldn't mind it if it left us with questions hanging like that okay you know yeah i, I wouldn't would mind that I was kind of thinking the same thing because, you know, you've by saying that there's all these other doctors before William Hartnell, you then obviously open up the, the can of worms, just like the doctor was saying, well, like, well, how many, how many of their of me have there been, you know, and we as fans, you know, we want to know because we're, we're nerds. And, um, you know, I was talking to um, to Ellie Tardis monkey uh, about it today 
and I was sort of saying, you know, perhaps we as fans get too strung up on this because we're fans. And, you know, for the casual audience, you know, to say, oh, there was a doctor before William Hartnell. Well, most of the audience aren't going to even know who or what a William Hartnell is. So, you know, there was earlier doctors. Okay, fine. I'm sure they're probably far more easygoing with that sort of stuff than we are. Um, But I think in the same way that with the, the sort of dichotomy of, right, you can either have all your memories and join us or save the universe, save the earth and just carry on as you are. And obviously the doctor has had this moment in this story where she was like, well, you know, you took me away from wherever I was from, you know, I could have been this, I could have been that Um, kind of, again, going back to star Wars, sorry, Billy um, kind of um, Ray in star Wars vibes when she was like, well, you know, I was left on this planet and who are my parents and, you know, where am I from and all this sort of stuff. That was my initial thought. But I think the doctor is going to end up saying, you know what? That doesn't matter. I know who I am. I'm the doctor. I think that's going to be it. Yeah. I was born. I was, I I grew up on Gallifrey. I went to the Academy. I was best friends with the master. Barusa was my teacher. I stole a TARDIS and I went off into the universe and I made a family for myself with all these people I've traveled with. And I stood for right and wrong. You're wrong. And I'm going to put a stop to it. And that's all that matters. I've been all these people. That is who I am. I am what I am. And what I am needs no excuses. I'm Judy Whittaker. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> so I think that's what we're going to get. And like you said, then it will be like, so it kind of doesn't matter about the timeless children. I think that's exactly what it's going to be. But then on, the, I, I can see people getting annoyed going, well, that's X number of years of plot that, it's just yeah. going to get chucked away. <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of like, yeah, like, fair enough. But at the same time, your problem, a lot of people's problems have been with the fact that they're doing that story anyway. Yeah. So the fact that you've got a resolution that ultimately says, with the Doctor at the centre of it, saying, it doesn't matter. All that stuff doesn't actually matter. The, yeah. the, you know, you know me, like, yeah. even to the audience, sort of like a meta thing, going yeah. like, you know, you know me as much as you know me. Yeah. You know, you might have known me for the last you know, since 2005 onwards, you might have yeah. known me from 1963 onwards. Um, and so whatever you think Doctor Who is and it's canon or whatever is fine because they, he's kind of blowing the back end off that kind of, that first section of Doctor Who's life. Mm. That if it was basically waved away with a, what does it matter anyway? You've still got all of that to look at if you want. Yeah. That's all still there. Yeah. Um, I think that the Ruth Doctor is going to be a bit of a red herring in all of it, though, because I'm sure I've seen somewhere that there was something in the episode that appeared to allude to or confirm that uh, Joe Martin's Doctor is between two and three. Oh, really? Because I think there was a leak at some point this week, um, and the leak may have been right through something that happened in Sunday's episode. Oh, I'm intrigued. Suggest that Joe you'll, is you'll, between you'll, two and three. You'll have to tell me after this recording where I can find. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't oh, know. Fair enough. That's all I've seen on Twitter. That's all I've seen. Okay, but like, if that does turn out to be the case, I'm much happier with with that because, again, in that same vein, it doesn't diminish anything from before. Yes. You know, and it, and it doesn't sort of drag something from before into the current run of the show and kind of go, this is kind of what it was like, or this is what it could be like sort of thing. Mm. Like, I definitely 
it's just so much easier and so much fresher to just say that is the doctor that went off and did mission series 6b style and that was that yeah and just leave it i think that is more likely what's going to happen but it's just that the doctor had their memories erased of that entire period yeah yeah because yeah, i was saying to ellie i was like you know are we gonna get because i think i think we can safely assume that joe martin will be in it next week uh, on sunday sorry because from, hope so. from what she said in her behind the scenes stuff like oh you know <laughs> you, you've not seen the last of me you know she basically might as well have turned around and said i'm in the finale um yeah. you know I, I was sort of joking like well are we gonna see a moment where the division finally catches joe martin's doctor wipes her memories and forces her to regenerate into baby William Hartnell or little boy William Hartnell and then chuck him out in the bloody dunes of Gallifrey ready to be found by the whoever the the, the Doctor Who family and um, the the, the thing that's still catching me though about that whole deal is the police box yeah what's that about that's That's the thing that's still getting me you know yeah it, it would be annoying if it came around to it at the end and it was like, it, it was just done for the for the shock value of mm. that shot. Yeah. Rather than actually just doing something that's a lot cleaner, which is just to say, but then, then again, here I am saying, I don't mind the fact the canon's been expanded, but in this instance, because of the police box, I'd much rather them just say it's something to do with being between two and three. I'd much yeah. prefer that. Yeah. Yeah, because otherwise you're going to get into that, you know, you're getting into that weird area of like, oh, well, the TARDIS that William Hartnell stole was the TARDIS that Joe Martin had. And it, for some reason, always wanted to be a police box, you know? And then when it went, when he, when the doctor landed in 1963 in Totter's yard, you know, it became a police box again. It was like, oh, I'll stay like this because I like it. This is my old form. You're getting into a bit of like waffly wanky territory. And I'm not, I think sometimes things are just, is Occam's razor. The simplest explanation is usually the best one. And I think in this case, it just happened to get stuck like a police box in 1963 wins out. Absolutely. I think, it, I think otherwise you're putting, I mean, I know obviously the TARDIS has a personality of her own, but I think sometimes you start injecting a little bit too much personality. Do you know what I mean? Talk about injecting too much of one thing into another thing. Um, I think that Swarm and Azure have been hugely kneecapped yes. uh, coming out of this story because uh, frankly, I don't care who the Black Serpent is and what their deal is. It's, um, it's the Grand Serpent by the way. The, oh, whatever. So you, the, yeah, so you, and that, I think that just proves the point. Yeah. Uh, you know. I, yeah. I, I, it's just because I'm thinking White Guardian Black Serpent. I, no. I, I <laughs> so this Grand Serpent dude, great, you know, good actor. Very good um, actor. Good theme. Sagan's yeah, theme for that character true. is really good. I do love it. True. Um, but I don't want them to... They're, they're usurping Swarm and Azure's sort of position yeah. in the story. And yeah. if it's just so that they could get in a position to allow the Sontarans in, yeah, that's a bit lame. Yeah. Like, that's a bit of a waste. Yeah. And like, like when, when they could have just if the Lupari ships were out of position, bum rushed them and just snuck in anyway or whatever. Yeah. Um, I just feel like, yeah, I, I, I'm not mad on, on that character. Yeah. It does seem. Yeah. I mean, 
Swarm and Azure, you know, we both raved about them from the off, we, about how good they were and or how good they are. But yeah, these last two episodes completely sidelined, you know, to the point where I just didn't even really know what their deal was. Like, what is what's the point of them? What are they what are they trying to achieve? Um, you know, and I think it's fine that they weren't in the Angel story. There was a lot going on in that story. And I don't think that that they needed to necessarily be in that one. Um, were they in it at all? That angel story. They were as your as your was in. Oh, last she pops week. up, doesn't she? Yeah. yeah. And I think that was just enough to just just enough to tell you right. There's stuff going on, but then for this week to have very much the same sort of thing, I'd be like, you know, okay, what? But what are you doing? And you know, what are you? Well, you know, this is this is what I was going to ask you. What is their plan? What so, what, what do they want to do? So all those people there, that yeah. setup where he said, you are space and we are time. Yeah. Was all of that set up so that they could reach division? That's that right, they, yeah. Right, okay. Yeah, that wasn't I very clear. Kind of, and I don't like all this bloody metaphysical way of talking about stuff, like you were just saying, like, oh, you're space and we're time. Ah, oh, no, stop being so fucking arsy-farty about all this. <laughs> just bloody get to the point. <laughs> what, what you are, are a battery about? and we're yeah. trying to get somewhere or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, um, they did eventually. They said it when they appeared in Tecteon's uh, greenhouse or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, you know, they said, oh, you know, we, we use them as like the batteries to to right. form the temporal psychic bridge um, or whatever. So is their plan still just that they want to be the only two left in the cosmos or something? Well, they said they want revenge on division for imprisoning them. Yeah. And I think they want to cross over to the other universe and wipe out right. the wipe out universe one and then move into the next one and, and do the same there. Probably, I guess. Or I'm hoping that I, I'm hoping next week, you know, they really come front and center with this and you know they, they take their place and you know we actually get some good azure. But I, I think that, that will hopefully happen because the division stuff is out of the way. Yeah. So, all we've oh no, but then we've also got Daleks versus Cybermen versus Sontarans as well. There's so and much happening. <laughs> the fact that they're still down in the tunnels, yeah, and the Doctor's backstory, yeah. There is a lot and to get through. Solve the flux and get the universe back to some good place by the time the festive special comes out. Yeah, I mean, I have a horrible feeling that the flux thing is going to be solved by oh if i just flip these switches and do that and reverse the polarity because she says in the episode she's like or oh, anything that can be compressed can be decompressed or uncompressed so it is literally going to be i'm going to press this button and everything's going to go and then come back to life and it's just gonna be like oh well that's fine so that's going to be a bit of a disappointment you know <laughs> yeah but, but like most Doctor Who plots are solved like that, though. That is, usually... that is true. That is true. Um, and and it, I think it's just because the concept is so cool. Yeah. Um, and you don't want to make the journey of battling through all of this just for the Doctor just to press a button. But yeah. I don't think that will diminish the journey that these characters have gone on. Because, you know, I, I think that <clears throat> the, the performances have been so strong and so consistent. And... It's like each episode is peeled another layer layer back of each character. Yeah. Especially the 13th Doctor. Like, I think the 13th Doctor from episode one or chapter one to chapter six is a very different character. Yeah. And I think that that will continue through to Jodie's final yeah. uh, specials. Um, so, yeah, I, I kind of wouldn't 
be that fast if it's just uh, what can be compressed can be uncompressed or whatever. And it all comes like back. That. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, and I do wonder if, I mean, we're saying like, oh, you know, are we going to get all the answers on Sunday? You know, there's a lot to, to unpack. Maybe we won't. Maybe this whole timeless children, timeless doctors or whatever you want to call it, you know, maybe all that stuff will carry on into the specials. You know, maybe we're not done with that. Maybe it won't come to a, to a head until her final story. Because if you think this was supposed to be a normal 10 episode run, yeah, then they would have <clears throat> saved some material back for the next, you know, yeah. three, four weeks. So I guess because that isn't happening, maybe those stories get budged yeah. over to next year and we still have some stuff to go through. And again, I wouldn't mind. Yeah, I wouldn't mind that. It kind of feels like, as we said before, this revelation about the Timeless Children is, you know, almost two years old. Yeah. But, it's, <clears> you know, in terms of the show, it was only in the last season. Yeah. So if you do another year where you've got a good couple of months separating each ne- new revelation, that might feel like a bit more of like a, mm. okay, now we're getting to the bottom of things and, okay, now this feels like a part of a plan and it's urgent yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I, I think that's very possible. I, I would not be I would not be surprised, and I suppose whether or not I'm disappointed, it depends on how they present it. But yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't get all the answers next week, and that just gets carried over to the specials because yeah. they're shot already. You know, it's kind of it, like they've got all the material there. They they knew what they were coming off the back of. You know, they yeah. knew all that stuff. So maybe maybe yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I I think I think I, in a way I'd almost rather that than just this attempt to try and cram everything in to a 50 minute episode, you know, and I, I, my concern is that we're going to ha- end up having the doctor like sat in a chair and, and like a watch be opened in her face. And we're just going to get the, the doctor sat down for 50 minutes, getting a bloody cliff's notes on who was doctor who before and then doctor who. in the last five minutes, they break out. The doctor breaks out. Yeah. Take, takes out swarm and azure. And then goes and meets up with the rest of the gang, presses a button, everything goes back to normal. And then yeah. we get next year's uh, title revealed. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. That is, that would be my concern. So I, w- I would sooner, yeah, something happens and, you know, I'd love it if, you know, Swarm and Azure got away and, you know, more was to happen with them later on. Um, yeah. I, I, yeah, that's, that's, that's my concern for Sunday, but hopefully that won't be the case. Um, and with regards to, you know, stuff like the amount of baddies we've got, you know, the Grand Serpent, yeah, he's fine. But like you said, so what? You know, he's he, he's just there, really. Um, I liked all that stuff with the unit. What, what did you think to the unit? Yeah, stuff? let's talk about that. Yeah, I thought the unit stuff was really good. Yeah. Um, has Chris Chibnall solved unit dating? Uh, what, by saying Flux fucked it all up? No, I think it, I think it might also be um, when Kate is talking about him going back through the records and changing things. Oh, I see. Oh, and what and changing dates and stuff. Yeah, and it might it might be flux related, and you know, but I gather because he's you know they meddle, they change things to suit them. Yeah. If the vision are ultimately responsible for shifting the chess pieces in the universe, then there's going to be some inconsistencies, and in universe you know, the unit dating one is a big one. Yeah. So I, yeah, I kind of feel like all of that was sort of explained. I, I, I'm happy with that explanation in that line anyway. Yeah. But you know, that it's all a little bit skew if in terms of the data, because this guy has been changing things and moving around history. 
but I I did see that I think it might have been Radio Times actually said that they might he might have cocked it up further with oh, really? the, yeah with the years and stuff that he's put and stuff like he so so obviously the big cameo was the brigadier um saying I need to make a call to the RAF or whatever it was. Um yeah. and he is referred to as being a corporal, Corporal Etheridge Stewart. And that is apparently set the year before the Web of Fear. And apparently it's like impossible to become a corporal and then a colonel oh, in the military. <laughs> radio time, shut up. But then, but then of course, the other thing is in the Do you know what that is? Do you know what that is? That, if it was in the Radio Times, I'll tell you what that was. That was somebody watching it who's a journalist who works for the Radio Times, who's they're watching it with somebody who was in the army. Yeah. Who went, um, but they were, they were a brigadier, weren't they? Or it was a character called a brigadier and he's in some 70 stories. What? And it's 1967 and they're only a corporal. That doesn't make any sense. Like, yeah. and then, oh, I'll go and write an article about that. Like, <laughs> so what? You know, it's Doctor <laughs> Who and that's the thing you're going to do an article about it. And I'm I, I mean, I wouldn't have known. I wouldn't have known. No, I, I know, exactly. Um, but, the other thing is, of course, you know, it always seemed like Unit was created on the back of the Yeti invasion, whereas this is suggesting that it was the War Machines. So that's quite a big change. That's 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 pretty cool, though. Like it is pretty cool. I did when they said the Post Office Tower, I thought, oh, that's actually quite a neat way of yeah. tying things together. And I loved, I loved the setup of Unit, like mm. where it came from, like that first meeting in the grounds of that estate. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I mean, it would have come, you know, to have the money to set that stuff up, it yeah. would have come from somebody with a lot of sway and with a lot of money and a lot of power, obviously. Yeah. So I, I, I loved the fact that we saw the origins of UNIT. I think that that is not something I would have expected to ever see. No. Like, because what's the excuse for it? Yeah. But and Especially in this story. So cool. Yeah. Yeah, it was, and it was just great. You know, uh, uh, I forget the actor's name who was playing, you know, the, the father of unit you know he's, he's in excellent. cold feet isn't he's he? in cold feet yeah he's a great actor um and he just worked so well as like one of those sort of people you would have expected to see rubbing shoulders with bloody john pertwee in a in a in a doctor who you know um it was, i i watched it today and you know that moment where you know you see all the the unit troops in their like the old style uniform. And the top secret sign outside the front. The top secret sign and all that stuff. And, you know, the, the old fashioned sort of computer banks with the tape oh, running around. That looks, that literally looked like they'd watched the 70s Who. Yeah. And when that's what their computer banks look like, let's just build that. Yeah, it was so good. And, you know, even the, kind of like a, a, a little nod to the Pertwee era by having the TARDIS stood in yeah. that sort of space and even that um, little handheld gadget was very of its time wasn't it yeah it was really cool um and i always thought like oh wouldn't it have been nice i mean it, you couldn't have done it because there's just too much budget or whatever you know it'd be too expensive but wouldn't it have been nice to have had a scene where they went back to the old unit lab you know I'd, and and you know the tardis was there like the old pertwee one because they've got the yeah. joe martin one you know they could have just stuck that in the corner and wouldn't it have been yeah. nice to have just had a moment of been like oh you know um our scientific advisor is off um in wales um yeah. dealing with that maggot business you know just something like that and you everyone would have smiled with glee because it would have been really cool been wonderful um but yeah i mean it was it was good fun um and the other guy the, the other the guy playing the um the more sort of politician-y type chap oh yeah yeah he was very good and i loved the way that they were killed that snake creature was really unpleasant 
I thought that was, I, I thought it was really lame. Oh, did you? I liked it. I just thought like, well, so it just gets into them via osmosis. <laughs> like, okay. Uh, but like their face bulges because it's in the, it's in their body. Yeah. And it's pushing out th- through the inside, you know, so forget about there being a skull or anything. Yeah. Um, and then it comes out of their mouth and that's kind of it. I, like they suffocated with it yeah. in their system. Yeah. But wouldn't it have been like more grotesque to like see them stop breathing suddenly and they're like, and they're bringing something up. Yeah. That rather than cool. their face, sort of like the, the yeah. face thing was throwing me off. So I thought, so what's actually killing them? Is it because yeah. it's like, it's <clears> doing <throat> figures of eights in their skull and mushing their brain up <laughs> and then coming out through their, but they're, they're apparently, they're, they're suffocated by something that wasn't there by their imagination or something. Kate mentions yeah, she very says, clever suffocating them by whatever. Yeah, yeah, she says that they're suffocated from the inside out. Yeah. I think, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I just thought it looked cool. <laughs> I just it, thought it, was, I thought it, was it looked fine. unpleasant. I just, I just yeah, thought, you know, uh, what can, what can, you know, what's the, what assets have we got? We've got a snake we can add more snakes to. Yeah. And it just kind of felt a bit like uninspired to me. But, uh, okay. I I, okay. I I I thought the creature itself looked quite cool. The design of like the the, f- the frills sort of thing around the neck. I thought it was mm. it was kind of cool. Um, very demogorgon. Yes. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. Um. um so yeah, the unit stuff was really cool. Yeah. And, um, it, and it and finally tied up the bloody thing that so many people moaned about for some unknown reason from Resolution. Because obviously when Resolution aired and you know oh, that yeah. moment where oh units been disbanded because of government funding or whatever. And um you know, people went insane for some reason. People on the internet were going bonkers and calling for Chris Chibnall's head because he got rid of unit. When obviously there was a, a narrative reason, and I remember at the time you and I said, "No, that's fine." Is it is also quite a funny commentary on Brexit and all that yeah, sort yeah. of stuff? Um, and obviously now we've come full circle and we understand why. Um, so I like that. And the line when the doctor tries to get a hold of Kate as well. Yeah. And Kate say, "Well, so yeah. we know we don't know why or what caused that." Yeah. So yeah, it's good. It, it finally answered some questions that um, may have annoyed some corners of the internet so that that was fun it, w- it was cool to see that um obviously the the whole reason for the grand serpent ingratiating himself into unit history by not only setting unit up was to stop unit from existing at the same time which is a bit odd but obviously this now allows the sontarans to get in what did you think about the reveal of the sontaran return i was mainly at the time, trying to remember how many doors Williamson said right. were under, because I thought he said there's, you know, I, I said there's about a dozen doors, I reckon, from what I can remember. Something and, like that. And specifically said that number nine can't be opened. So I was like, well, number nine can't be opened. So Chris has said he'll never come back to the TV series. So what if all the other doctors come out of those doors? Oh my God. Or yeah. Something? And then it was the Santarans, and I was like, oh. Yeah. Um, I, t- to have them pop up on the screen as kind of like they're the ones that the Grand Serpent is, or Great Serpent has been parlaying with Yeah, was kind of like, oh, I didn't expect them to come back so quickly. Like, cool. Yeah. Like, that's cool. But for the big villains that are kind of making that first spearhead attack on Earth, 
Yeah. It's like, and it isn't the Daleks. Yeah, like, this is and, the thing. And that yeah. shot as well of the Daleks. I was like, that shot, isn't that shot from the Christmas revolution? One, it? Yeah. 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 I thought the same thing. I was like, that's a shot, a bit of shot reuse. Um, I could be wrong. Maybe it is just they reused the set. Oh, maybe they didn't. Maybe they just thought, well, we can just use the footage and animate some lights in. Maybe. Um, obviously, we don't know. I mean, the, the again, kind of like with um, Once Upon Time, I think the Cybermen and Dalek element of this story is going to be incredibly fleeting. You know, I think yes, I, w- I would f- say so as well. A few Daleks barking, exterminate the Sontarans, exterminate the Cybermen, yeah. crush all resistance, and that'll be it. Yeah. And we'll just see yeah. some bit of CGI shit flying around. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, the, the Sontaran reveal for me, it was just sort of like, oh, okay. It was just. Which is hilarious because of how much we were praising them. Yeah. And, and their depiction, that it's kind of, they're on screen, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, because I, th- I thought, you know, I think it was a bad idea to have the reveal on the desk, you know, the hologram. Yeah. I think it would have been much better to have had the doors blown open and the Sontarans come in. That would have been more dramatic, yeah. personally. But it would have been far more dramatic if you didn't have had that conversation with the with the hologram and the doors blown open and a load of bloody Daleks came out. That would have been yeah. really cool because you'd have just been like, what the fuck, the Daleks are here now? Shit. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, obviously it would have overcomplicated the story even further, but it would have been a cool moment. It would have been a moment that made everyone go, Christ, it's the Daleks. Because I found myself thinking, oh, it's the Santarans. Wait, this is the end of the episode? And then, you know, Azura and Swan pop up, kill Tech Taeun. And then he's like, right, now your turn, Doctor. I was like, didn't we have this cliffhanger like a couple of weeks ago? Didn't, didn't we get him putting his fingers in the Doctor's face ready to do a click or whatever? Um, so I just sort of felt a bit like, uh I felt I, I was left wanting, really. Do you think, because generally speaking, as we've gone through talking about this episode, we've kind of gone, oh, that would probably be okay. Yeah, that wasn't so bad sort of thing. Do you think it's the cliffhanger that, because they've all been so dynamic and they've yeah. all done something so different, really, yeah. um, from each other, not necessarily the whole show, but from each other, that the fact that this one is just Swarm walking up to the Doctor with a hand reached out, it's sort of like, uh Yeah. Uh, like... Because we know we know exactly how the next episode's going to play out at the start. Yeah. You know, like it's going to be the Doctor ducks out of the way and then they have another conversation or some shit, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, it doesn't have any actual like peril like the other ones did have like a, whoa, what happens next sort of thing. Mm. And I don't yeah. think the Sontarans are big enough to provide that, you know. No, not at all. You know, it, it worked in like the invasion of time because the Sontarans hadn't been seen for a good few years and, you know, you have no... Their their um, presence is not felt anywhere in that story. Whereas here, like you said, we've already seen the Santarans in the first episode. Then, obviously, fantastically in episode two, and then for them to come back in episode six, it just felt like, oh, all right, fair enough. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. I think the, the cliffhanger was what really sort of made me go, oh, that's yeah. a shame. Um, something else that made me go, ah. Oh. Uh, was the B-plot of this story with Yaz and Dan and Jericho. Yeah. Um, basically not doing anything, um, just sort of like glow popping. And yeah. then worst of all, that scene in Nepal where they go and meet the hermit. Yeah. And it's like, it's another one of those Chibnall 
haha, this bit's funny moments yeah. where it just kind of, it's just in there at the worst possible point. Like the, yeah. the joke, you know, the Wi-Fi joke in resolution. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. Like that. But it's another one of those sort of like, what, why am I watching this now? Yeah. Like, this is going on. For, and, and this one went on for far too long anyway. But in an episode where it's like banger after revelation, like bang, 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 hitting us. And then it's like, okay, we've got to have the B plot to kind of break it up. But then you're breaking up the B plot with this. Yeah. This guy, this joke, like it, it, it wasn't even that funny, I don't think. See, uh, this is where I'm going to have to disagree with you. I actually really liked that scene. Did you? Which is bonkers because I don't normally go in for no. that kind of like obviously silly crap, but I liked it. And I thought the guy playing the, the hermit was excellent. And I just yeah, liked, was... I, I just liked that whole sequence. And I, I'll be honest, I, I did enjoy the... So I, I enjoyed the dynamic of the three of them working together and them going off on their travels. And I think had this have been a normal series, I would have not been opposed to have seen seeing a story where it was yeah. Dr. Light, it was just the three of them. And more of what they were trying to do was explained because obviously from our point of view, last time we see them, they're in the village. And then next time they're in some bloody pyramid somewhere and they've suddenly got all this money from somewhere to be able to do all this stuff yeah this is the thing it's like well a how did all that happen b what how did what why why this little cup thing you know i know <laughs> i know i know yaz has got this hologram from the doctor saying go off and find out when the world's gonna end which is that all a bit a, weird that was a good scene though i like it, that it was a really good scene it was very well acted by both of them um <laughs> my brother my brother <laughs> when, when jody goes I miss, uh, I miss you. Uh, I hope you miss me too, or whatever was said. Something like that was said, and she becomes very forlorn. My brother went, lesbians. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, people have been saying it for a long time. I know. Um, so that did that did make me laugh. It did take me out of the moment somewhat. But um, yeah, there's there there is clearly a strong attachment there uh, between the two of them. And obviously, we know they they like to roll around on mattresses in the tub. There we go. Control exactly, room. Yes. Interesting, she mentioned the control room rather than the console room. So mm. proper 60s old school uh, uh, terminology there. There we um, go. Um, but yeah, it just seemed weird. It was like, well, what, how would you even know? How would you know about this cup? You know, Why, what's this got to do with I anything? I don't mind that. I don't mind that bit because like, you know, it's supposed to be basically like a montage of their yeah. adventure. So I don't really mind having to see all the paperwork they're having to fill out to go to all these places and all the yeah. because th that would have slowed down even more so i don't mind just seeing the edited down highlights of their trek and obviously dan with the beard which was great um i don't get the whole painting that stuff by the great wall of china like it that seems no like a, it's a visual that stephen moffat would have done that and... was my first thought it was chibnall's trying to do a stephen moffat but stephen moffat yeah. would have painted it on the Great Wall of China, not on the floor where I was like, well, all the trees and plants are going to grow over this. Well, yeah, exactly. And like, so, and and they were doing that in 1900 whenever. Yeah. So how's Carvanista how seeing even, all this? Yeah, how would he even surely know? they're still protecting Earth over... The 21st 2020. century. Yeah. yeah. 2021. Yeah. yeah, like how, why would Carvanista just suddenly be like, oh yeah, look, let's, let's go on... 
the the lupine version of Google Maps and see what's going on over in China. Oh, there's there's a bit of new graffiti. Banksy's Let's been see about. What was going on in China a hundred and ten years ago? Yeah, it's it's so weird. Um, and I, obviously, we don't understand how that's going to play into anything because, like he says, I haven't got time travel. So you're sort of like, well, what what was the point in all that? Because in the end, they only they meet up with um, Williamson, who's really good. I love his character. He is a yeah, really good I really, character. He, he reminds me of um, all of all of the dialogue from yesteryear. I think Chibnall does really well. Yeah, like um, all of the British corporal stuff. Yeah, um, I, very much puts me in mind of like a kind of. Robert Holmes, he loves that sort of like Dickensian, Victoriana, yeah. you know, all that stuff, you know, from Tap Talons. Yeah. And I think that, that Chibnall seems to enjoy writing that as well. Yeah, and I like that. I, I mean, we talked about it, didn't we, before? Um, mm. but, you know, previous showrunners like Russell or Stephen would have completely ignored that sort of thing and they'd have talked in a very modern um, yeah. t- phraseology. Um, so I'm glad that we've, you know, because it's like old school Doctor Who, isn't it? And, you know, that was kind of how old school Doctor Who helped sell the past was, you know, people spoke how they would have spoke. You know, they didn't talk like bloody fucking Del Boy down at, you know, down the market. Um, so, that, so that was good. I, I, I like that. Um, I'd completely forgotten what on earth we were talking about. We were talking uh, about Carvanista, the shit, oh, yeah. the painted stuff. Yeah, so yeah, that that whole thing just seemed a bit weird because then Williamson comes along and they're like, oh, well, okay, we'll just go off and do this then. And it's like, so what was the point? Especially if he's not got time travel. What what is what's the point in any of it? <laughs> what is the point in any of it, Matt? We ask ourselves that a lot. I know. <laughs> um, Bell and Carvanista's plot as well. That's probably about the only thing we haven't covered. Yeah. Um, so Bell is now, she's still on that Lupari ship by the end of the episode. She's still she? on that ship, yeah. So I guess Earth will be the battleground. Vinda will get drawn there somehow because, oh no, Vinda's. He's in passenger. Trapped inside passenger with, with um, Diane. Diane. So they're going to, I kind of got the impression from that last line, like they're going to stage a revolt from inside yeah. passenger. <laughs> and like he's just going to go like, Whoa! and then they're all going to burst out of his chest. I hope it's from his chest and no other <laughs> orifice. Oh, that'd be that. You can we can only hope that he he poos everybody out. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I I mean the bell thing. I'm still not any clearer on that. Obviously, we're not necessarily supposed to be. I um, I, I I'm so sick of both of them. <laughs> yeah, really. I do, every time they appear on screen, I'm like, oh. Do you know what? Just get on with what? it. Do you know what really? stood out to me in this episode is like, I think I, I'm just, ugh, I don't know how to say this without sounding mean. Like, you know, when he, he beams down onto that kind of citadel type place, yeah. you know, and he hears Bell's ship going into hyperdrive over the yeah. top. And he's like, Oh, hyperdrive. Somebody wanted to get out of here in a hurry. And it's kind of like, Oh, <laughs> like we, we, we get it. Yeah, it's kind of like it. it oh, I don't know. I don't know how to say it. It, it was like a child had written that bit. Like, it, 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 how it's... more obvious do you need to make it? Everybody knows 
that that it's, is exactly what's just happened. It's what I call comic book dialogue, where yeah, the dialogue yeah. informs what is happening. You know what you know. Just That's the strength of what we can say. I didn't mean that he writes like a child, but you know. It's, yeah, but it's that, and, and I think old Doctor Who has an element of that as well. You know, yeah, there's an element yeah. where you know they have to sort of spell it out for you. Um, I okay every time he's because I watched it both twice each time i heard it i kept thinking that's very old school doctor who um mm. but yeah it did stick out as like that's not a very natural thing for anyone to say you know that you know would i hear a car like your has yet the road? unborn child neither of these people speak like real people no um yeah it's a bit weird I, the dialogue can be a bit clunky i think this is the trouble with the chibnall stuff is that the dialogue could be quite clunky where Whereas the dialogue under Moffat was, I guess, quite clever, or, you know, he thought it was clever. Um, or horny. Or horny, or horny. Yeah. You know, the dialogue here can be a bit clunky. Um, and I, I think, but I think this sort of stuff can be ironed out. I think if you had a script editor that came in and just went, oh, well, you know, maybe word it this way, don't set, you know, the unborn child thing, the, uh, yeah. And your as of yet unborn child. You know, if, I wish if that was Tom Baker at getting to deliver that line, he'd be like, who, who wrote this whippet shit? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, he would say that. Um, I want to take, I want to take like peak 1977 Tom Baker, peak of his powers, bring him to the future and say, right, Tom, we've got, uh, we've got the script for you. It's called Flux. Read this. I'd love to just, and... <laughs> What the fuck is this? <laughs> you could probably show it to him now because, you know, he, no chance he watches Doctor Who. You could probably <laughs> show it to him now and he'd read it and say exactly the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> but that's just, Tom's very hard to please, you know, nothing to do with the quality of the scripts themselves. No, no, not um, at all. I'm sure he'd say that for most scripts written by anybody. For <laughs> Written by anyone, ever. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, what, what, do we, what do we think in terms of coming up the story now? I, I know... We sort of said at the start, we've got we're a bit iffy about next week. We're a bit yeah. uncertain. Trepidation. Are we feeling it? any better about it? I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm nervous. I'm, I am genuinely like, this is, you know, this could be trends law all over again. You know, we could end up coming out of this and going, what was the point in all that? And that was my concern. I said last week, you know, the weeping angel story was so good. You know, are we then going to watch it? you know, in a few years time and go, God, this is such a good story. Shame all that division stuff was sort of worthless. You know, what I is really, really hope it doesn't because, because I mean, we, you know, we've sung the praises of this season and I think it would be such a shame for them to, I mean, it might be, it might be a perfect sort of representation of this kind of era maybe, yeah. but it's just like so close, so close, but there's just some, something didn't quite click somewhere. And I guess, yeah, there's a, a fear amongst Doctor Who fans that this could be the same sort of thing. I am feeling far more positive about it than I think if we were in the same situation, but Stephen Moffat was writing the finale. Okay, interesting. Um, genuinely, I, I, I kind of feel like he would explain stuff away like that. Yeah. And Chris Chibnall's writing can seem a bit like that. Yeah. But actually he isn't that flippant with like an ending or a resolution or whatever. Like they do tend to have, 
you know, you can fault them for lots of other things, but they do tend to have a very tight beginning, middle and end. Um, And I kind of feel like, you know, if he has had a five year plan or whatever, that this might be it coming into some sort of fruition. Mm. And so you'd hope that that had been planned out and that, I I mean, I don't know, God, we, we can only hope. I, I just I just wait. I, I'm hoping that all the, the Cyberman Dalek and Sontaran stuff is just framing or window dressing. Yeah. Um, and then we can actually just focus on Swarm Azure and the Doctor's past, and then hopefully satisfy other aspects that need looking at. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot that needs to be sorted out because you no, know, we don't really understand how Williamson. Well, how has he got all these doorways? You know, that's what, what, what's that? What does that even mean? What's that all about? You know, that there's, there's still so many questions that need answering. And then, you know, cause it is only 50 minutes, isn't it? I guess the finale. I don't. Yeah. Think- yeah. Yeah. Oh, it might be slightly longer. I don't know. But like Matt as well, we've got a multiverse that's been specifically referenced in this yeah. story. Yeah. And that's you interesting, know, like- isn't it? Because you, I think in the first episode, uh, or, you know, our, our first episode on flux, didn't you mention something about, alternate universes like oh maybe this all takes place in an alternate universe that was a theory if it gets wiped out it's sort of like not that much of a problem yeah it would be interesting if the doctor did wander into the other universe for a split second and was like actually hang on a minute i recognize you know all this stuff is the same as that one you Mm -hmm. know or, or there's something in here that wasn't in that one that should be there or whatever well, this is um, the thing, like, Tech Taeyun made a reference to having, like, seedlings of, like, everything in the universe so that when they go into the new universe, they can just, like, germinate them and everything is just, bloop. So maybe that's what's going to happen. Maybe the only way, you know, maybe there is no way to save Universe 1. Maybe they are going to do, a, you know, a Red Dwarf and, like, jump into the other universe, activate the seedlings, everything pops back as it was, but the status quo is, you know, back to normal. And Oh yeah. Hitchhikers. They do it in Hitchhikers. They do it in Hitchhikers. Yeah. Yeah. In the movie. Yeah. In the film. Um, yeah. You know, and maybe it'll be that. And maybe it's sort of like, this is kind of like a reboot for the next guy to come in and do whatever you want with Doctor Who, you know, maybe people have forgotten about alien invasions and all that sort of stuff. Maybe it's a bit of a big bang again, you know, maybe it just re- is a bit of a reset button. It's everything that you remember, you know, the continuity still exists, but we've shifted over into a different universe, but when the same characters are there. I, that's an interesting thing. Well, one of the things I remember, I think um, Mr. Tardis said it once in a video that I would hate to be the person that has to come in and play in the sandbox that Stephen Moffat has just smashed up. And yeah. I think we've referenced that. And, yeah. you know, because there, there, there is an aspect of that in yeah. the Moffat era where you think, God, who's going to have to, someone's going to have to inherit this thing that he's left. Um, so maybe Chris Chibnall just went, maybe the best, the easiest way of just sorting all this out is just let's do the big one. Let's actually end the universe because that's never happened. Yeah. And we don't go back. And that's that. Yeah. And like Could you be. say, yeah, if we just start off fresh. Yeah. From from yeah from where we left off in the last one yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe that would, and that would probably be fine wouldn't it yeah I think I think that could be the way it's going to go um, I think it would it would make sense you know it's there's a narrative you know reason for why that would happen you know it's not it's not like they've gone oh we're rebooting stuff 
you know, from a... Bet you a, bet you a fiver it doesn't happen. I'll give you a chance to earn your fiver back. Get, <laughs> we, we stay in the same universe. All right. Okay. Well, we'll see. I bet you. And maybe that's um, why the TARDIS is all cracked up. Maybe the TARDIS can't survive in the new universe. Oh, my God. Interesting. Maybe that's the big sacrifice. Maybe the Doctor's like, yeah, I've saved everyone. But the TARDIS, her constant companion, her home, is bloody knackered. It's like she's put diesel into a, a petrol engine. No. Wow. Unled, or unleaded into a diesel engine. That's it. That's an interesting thing to... Yeah, that it, that, yeah it, just, it, it, can't, it can't handle yeah. being... Yeah. TARDIS, TARDIS aren't meant to work in Universe 2. Yeah. Interesting. I like that idea. Yeah. Um, I still think that it's just going to be big red button. You're, you're probably right. <laughs> but, you know, we, we, we can but hope. And yeah, um, maybe maybe no one's got the balls to do something quite so drastic. I think that I think he would. I think he would. But I just think that I don't know. Do you think fans would get pissy about that? Do you think fans would be like, oh, but it's not the same universe that the tribe of gum happened in, so But it's but but like why would people get personally offended by it? That's like your universe on the <laughs> It's like, yeah, Peggy Mitchell might have popped up in Army of Ghosts, but it's not actually where we live. You do know that the <laughs> universe in Doctor Who is separate to the one that we live in, right? I think for some sections of fandom, you know, no. their, their grip on reality is quite loose. So, you know, as far as they're concerned, they probably are living in the Doctor Who universe. Pro- probably and it might be those people as we wrap up here that might like to vote for us in the Whovian Choice Awards that have oh, just yes. been uh, that have just come out uh, we've been nominated for Best Podcast Best Host and for uh, Community Award or something um, so yeah you can go and vote for us not, the Doctor Who Community Show you, uh, Facebook and Twitter and YouTube has all the links to all the forms I, I thought we might have had like Best Smut or Best Double Entendres longest dicks something like that <laughs> um, anyway uh, thank you very much ladies and gentlemen for watching the review of death this week and um, next week it's the vanquishers it's the final story yeah does that title hold any more weight now no actually I was until you said it I'd forgotten what the title was and then when you said it I went ooh in my head I was like well I wonder what that actually means but I mm. mean I, I think when we talked about it the other day is, is it just going to be like the Doctor, Dan, and that lot are they just? They are the vanquishers because they will rise I up think, and defeat the evil. Yeah, it's either going to be it's either going to be the Doctor, Dan, and and Yaz, or Swarm and Azure are going to give themselves that moniker. Yeah, um, at some point, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see what that means in context. The vanquishers. Yeah, like who were the survivors of the flux then in this episode? Uh, well. Well, Dan and Yaz and that lot. But they were survivors all the way through. Yeah, it's a bit of a weird title. I guess the only alternative was his uh, is a whistle stop tour through unit dating. Yeah, 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 yeah. Unit unit dating or how I learned to love. Yeah, around the world. Around the world in so many years with Yaz and Dan <laughs> oh and thing. And why was not. the Grand Serpent sending that that Grand Serpent thing about oh, you know, they sent people to kill Yaz and Dan. Oh yeah. That never came back. Like, one, why would the Grand Serpent even know anything about them? Two, 
why would he give a shit? Like, what what are they going to do? Back and it's, hundreds it's like, of it's years like, yeah, in the past. The, doc- the doctor hasn't been able to detect or stop division no. meddling anything up to this point anyway. So why would they, when they're not even on his trail? Yeah. And, he and didn't know who they he are. doesn't have anything to do with the end of the world anyway. No, he doesn't even know like, who the doctor is because he sees the TARDIS no. and he goes, what's that? That is weird. Like, but I've thought afterwards, like, you know, as nice as it was to have an homage to uh, Diamonds Are Forever with Mr. Wint and Mr. Kidd. <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> um, you know, it was a bit like, but what's the point? I guess they just thought we need, we need something to happen here. We need a bit of action because nothing's... What they needed to happening. do was wheel in a bombe surprise <laughs> and then <laughs> toss Unfor- them over the side. I was going to say, unfortunately, Jericho and Dan didn't tie their tails between their testicles and chuck them off the edge. <laughs> And, and make them explode before they hit the water. No, sadly, that didn't happen. But no. um, we can hope maybe that'll happen next week. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. There's exploding testicles. Um, right. Well, see you, see you all next week for the Vanquishers. Uh, enjoy that episode as much as you can. Um, we'll, we'll see don't you on the other. Please yeah, don't hurt each other. Yeah don't, yeah, don't start rioting in the streets when it turns out that William Hartnell has never been the doctor all along and this has all just been a mad fever dream (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah see you on the other side guys bye bye